Thanks for tuning in to the A.R. Bernard podcast. I hope you were enriched by the information and or the conversation. Make sure, subscribe by clicking the link in the bio to gain more information about me and the work that I'm doing. Again, thank you and God bless. Welcome, those of you who are joining us for our Sunday morning worship service. Thank you for being a part of our CCC family, CCC network. Thank you for your prayerful support, your financial support, your love and appreciation for what we bring to the kingdom of God. Amen. So welcome back. How oh, you weren't here last week. No, I, I actually I got an invitation. A pastor friend of ours, he and his family caught Corona, COVID, and he needed somebody uh, to minister. He called me and asked me what I minister. And I ministered a message on truly setting the proper expectations from the God we serve. Ooh. Right? And, and because some of the tension is, is it wrong for me to set an expectation? Mm-hmm. But I think that if we set the expectation based on the character of this God we serve, right? The nature and the character of God, it will help set us in the proper course and reduce our disappointment and doubt. Ah, disappointment never based upon what you find, what you yep. expected to find. So that was the principle, and I told him, yeah. and yeah. I said, I said, because doubt comes in when you question the nature and character of the individual you're believing in. That's it. That's it. Managing your expectations mm-hmm. manages your disappointments, yep. which means that we have to know what the nature and character yes. of God is. We've got to make that a study yep. because there are a lot of assumptions about yes. God. You know, God is this you know, old guy with a long beard waiting to hammer us when we mess up. You know, we really need to make a study of what is the nature of God? What is the character of God? That's good stuff. And I, because it, it helps us, in addition to that, understand how he operates. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So we understand the, the character, the nature, and ultimately how he operates, and then we can set our expectations based on that. Unfortunately, this is what I've found, that, that most people, too many people, know just enough about God in order to get mad at him. <laughs> Say that again. <laughs> I'll try one more time. People know just enough about God to get mad at him. Yes. And they blame him for any and everything that goes wrong for them. Yes. You know, and that's the big question. If God is so loving, if God is so good, if God is so benevolent, why do bad yeah, things happen? Why is there evil in the world? As though he's complicit with the evil. He's mm-hmm. making it happen. He's responsible for it. And it also says that he's the originator of evil, which yeah. he's not. Yeah, and but some have got him schizophrenic, you know, <laughs> half dark, half light, yes. half good, half evil. Mm-hmm. You know, a little, have to be careful here, yin and yang. <laughs> yeah, because, yeah, yin and yang. Uh, yeah, but that's, that's, that's reality. So it went well. Yes, it went well. Uh, they enjoyed it. The, the altar call was amazing. People really, you know, went through a transformation. Yeah. And, and you know, it was, I really challenged them to, to observe their thinking. And not only that, to, to know this God, because when people come and ask questions about this God, you need to be able to give answers. Yeah, yeah. We need to be able to give an answer for our faith, what yeah. we believe, Hope why we believe. Hope you. is in us. Amen. Yes. Apologetic but stuff. Thank you so much for missing me. I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, I got the. How they, do you they, know they missed you? Because they sent me messages. Oh, they sent me. They said your, your father was great. It was good hearing him. But, it was good seeing him. But you know, but, but we miss you. And I said thank you. So that means that 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 it's good. 
<laughs> you have to pause there, right? Yeah, I want to make sure I say it correctly. <laughs> but thank you. And while we're talking about that, I want to give a shout out to Beverly Sims. Happy birthday, as you are one of the viewers on our uh, Instagram, I mean, YouTube Live. YouTube Live. Yes, YouTube Live. Uh-oh, you're going to get in trouble now. You're starting to announce birthdays. But that's great. I'm glad we connected and, and did that thing. It was an incredible week. We had the verdict. Yes. On um, the George Floyd case, mm-hmm. Eric Chauvin. People were concerned about, you know, what would happen. We talked about this. We, in fact, we did a piece that's on ARB TV. And you can go there, arb.tv, and mm-hmm. get all of the great video content that we're putting together that you don't get to see here as part of the Sunday service. Go there, and uh, you'll enjoy what you find. I'm telling yes. you, you'll be pleasantly surprised. But we had a conversation. We had young people. We had uh, attorney Keith White. Mm-hmm. We had uh, Jamie Hector, yes. the actor. And we weighed in on it. And, you know, I, I, I mentioned that I don't think the celebration was because here's a man that's now stripped away from his family mm-hmm. uh, and going to be in jail, you know, for a long period of time. Uh, I don't think they were rejoicing about that. I think they were rejoicing about the fact that finally uh, a, a law enforcement officer who doesn't reflect all law yes. enforcement officers, but a law enforcement officer has been held accountable yep. for a pattern of abuse against people of color. Mm-hmm. And what it really boils down to is respect, dignity for the life of human beings. Yep. That mm-hmm. black people, we're, we're human. We're, we're persons, the human yep. person, our humanity, which has been in a question in American society since slavery. 400 years, the humanity of people of color has been an issue. And, and I was talking to a cop, you know, because certain cops still will, will defend, uh, which is sad, they would say, well, it was policy. That's, that, that's what they were taught. They were Nine doing, minutes and 27 I told him, I said, I said, I said okay, let's, let's give it to policy. I said, minute one, right? What about minute two? He, was he still fussing? I said, but by minute four, when do you move from policy to humanity? When you look at the individual, say, okay, this is a human being. That's good. I said, that was a problem. He did not transition mentally, saying, no, this is a human. What am I doing? Right. He did not come to himself and realized what he was doing was wrong. I said, and that's why they didn't put him on the stand. That's mm-hmm. why he pleaded the fifth, because if they were to question minute by minute what was going through his mind, that's right. he, it, it would have messed him up. Yep, yep. They would have sealed the deal. Yep. You know, but now uh, that's the verdict, but now there's the sentencing. Yes. So that can be a disappointment yes. because people have certain expectations. He can get anywhere from 12 to 25. He can get from 20 to 40 years. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be interesting to or see how this to, plays uh, out. What's that? 65, depending on how they do it. Because if they do it you know, consecutively. And each state has different mm-hmm. laws. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. But, um, you know, this is, this is, this is very real. I, and I told, I told somebody else, I said, it's, we got to define a win as people of color. Because if it's a win that he went to jail, then that's we're, we're moving at a slower pace than we should. Mm-hmm. Because him going to jail is not a win. The fact that justice came, that there was a statement made to law enforcement about the fact that, no, all life is sacred. Be mindful. You know, just because of skin complexion, you can't treat this person X amount. Of, but the fact that he lost it, uh, he himself went to jail is not a win because it shouldn't have happened. Period. Yeah, yeah. We're changing the system yes. is the real win. Yes, changing the system we is the real policies, win. Policies, yes. change, change policies. Change policies and yes. hold 
individuals mm-hmm. accountable for the power that's given to yes. them, yep. especially law enforcement. Yep. I think that's very, very important. That's good stuff, man, changing the system. And the fact that we talked about last week that God is in control of world events, yep. that God is in control of human history. And he uses people, situations, circumstances. He uses both uh, uh, negative attributes of people and the positive attributes of people in order to effect change within society. And he does that without violating free will. And Dr. Bernard just explained God's sovereignty. So if you ever want to understand sovereignty, listen to that message from last week again, because that's his sovereignty. That's his ability to still be in control. And and one key element I want to make sure people get is that, that he uses, right, certain things. He's not the author or originator of certain things, but he still uses it because that's how good God is. Yep. Right? Yep. So by his direct Mm -hmm. influence or his permissive influence, what he allows Mm -hmm. to happen. And as we talked about on Easter Sunday in that Easter message, and if you haven't heard that Easter message, you need to get it. Yes. All right. Uh, I talked about how God will take a tragic situation Mm -hmm. and bring out of it a greater good. And you take the George Floyd situation, yes. you know, it's, 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 it's sad that it cost him his life and his family, mm-hmm. children will be without a father, you know, uh, that's, that's very real. But to, to bring a greater good out of that and to change certain things that need to be changed in our systems and structures, that's how God does it. There's a statement, you know, and, and I will tell you, as I grow and mature in Christ and in my understanding, of my Christian faith, because mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a journey, right? Wait, you're still growing in your Christian faith? Absolutely. I'm still learning. I'm <laughs> still growing. A, that's amazing. I love to hear and that. And hopefully still contributing. <laughs> yes. Yeah. If you think you've arrived, you're in trouble. Yes. All right? You have not arrived. This is a lifelong journey. In fact, even after we leave this planet and go to be with the Lord, we still continue to learn and grow. Yes. You know, there'll never come a point where we can take in the full mind of God. No, then. <laughs> That's like trying to put the Atlantic Ocean into a teacup, you know, trying to fit in a teacup. That's not going to happen. So we will continue in the new heaven, the new mm-hmm. earth, and, you know, the new uh, period of human history that is going to come our, our way. But right now, We got to talk about that. It's in control. The, the new period well, we're of human talk, history. Yeah, well, we got to talk a little bit mm-hmm. about that as well. But most important thing, and, and you know, the song talked about Jesus being the anchor on the ground, right? God is in control mm-hmm. of world events. He's in control of human history. Nothing escapes his control. Nothing can, escapes his divine providence, all right? And he's moving human society in a very specific direction. So let me, let me just kind of recap and then we'll move into it because I talked about the four industrial revolutions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mentioned them, but we'll dig a little deeper, all right? So uh, by his direct or permissive will, before we go to the scripture, all right, by his direct or permissive will, uh, uh, influence on people, situations, mm-hmm. uh, circumstances, legislations, policies, systems, and structures, all right? That's all God. Anywhere there is justice, there's the Holy Spirit. Anywhere there's the activity of justice on this planet, there is the Holy Spirit. Jesus made a blanket statement, and we just kind of try to narrow that. That's why I say I've grown in my Christian thinking Mm -hmm. 
in, in my faith walk, in my spiritual journey, because when I got saved, you know, in the context that I was saved in, I had a very narrow vision of, of God, a very narrow, watch that, watch it. I had a very narrow perspective on God, all right? Um, and as I continued to read and to study and to read and to study, that began to broaden and I began to see God a lot bigger than the narrow context that I was placed in. I understood why he placed me in that context. I needed it at that mm -hmm. time in my growth and development. Remember, we live life on levels, levels and arriving stages. So I needed that particular context, which was radical for me. But I've grown. So I, I, I only saw God as the God of the Christians, and that's all he cared about. <laughs> you know, And not only the Christians, only certain Christians. <laughs> all right? But th that growth has allowed your kids to enjoy Christianity. Hmm. Because hmm. if you'd have stayed where you were originally, I think there would have been tension with us following that God that you were, you were so boxed in. Yeah, with. because of how I represented mm -hmm. him. And, you know, we, Jesus said we testify what we know. Mm -hmm. You know, so when we testify or bear witness to anything, it's based upon the knowledge that we have at that time. Yep. As that knowledge increases, our testimony changes, mm -hmm. our witness changes. Yep. So our witness increases as the knowledge and wisdom and understanding increases. Did you hear that, Saints? <laughs> Did you hear that, Saints? He's back. So he's, he's, he's stopping you here so he could ask that question. Did you hear that? Say it again, right? right. See, they miss yes. you. They need you. you. You represent the people, right? Yeah, but it's so key that, that you know, I want to repeat that. That allowed us to enjoy Christianity. Yeah. yeah. Your growth. And yeah. so thank you for that. It's, 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 a, it's a journey. Mm -hmm. You know, spirituality is a journey. That's very, very real. So, but he influences according to his plans and purposes. That's very, very important. In fact, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11, could take a look at it. Uh, it simply says he works everything in accordance with his divine purpose. Mm -hmm. That's in everything, everything. When we think about all things work together for good to those that love God and are called according to his purpose, that is him working everything out for a specific purpose towards a specific direction. Yes. Yep. When I talked about broadening my thinking, my spiritual growth, so when I would read the Beatitudes, right, mm -hmm. in Matthew chapter 5, uh, where it would say, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. <laughs> uh, or the word righteousness means justice. Mm -hmm. All right, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for justice. I thought that was just for Christians. So it doesn't say blessed are the Christians that hunger for righteousness? No, no, <laughs> no. It says blessed are those. It's open. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it, it's like, you know, statements like uh, I say to you, whoever will speak to the, say to this mountain, be removed. Whoever means whoever, whoever. whosoever means whosoever. Mm -hmm. We tend to narrow it down and apply things only to Christians. Well, if they read that in the proper timing, the Christian church wasn't even... <laughs> didn't exist. Yes, we didn't but... exist as Christians as we are not. So when Jesus said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for justice, they will be filled or satisfied. It means that God is in the process of working justice mm -hmm. in the earth. And there are people that he influences, that he stirs, because they have a positive passion for something good. They want justice, and they're willing to protest. They're willing to go on a hunger strike. Mm -hmm. Some are willing to sacrifice their lives mm -hmm. for that justice. God will use that positive attribute in order to accomplish his will Amen. and effect change. Amen. And he's done it throughout human history. Amen. You know, uh, 
it's just, you know, we can go through all the Beatitudes. That's not what this is about. But, but specifically, you've got to broaden your Christian perspective. God will use whatever is available to him, mm-hmm. all right? Because he doesn't, he works within the context of, of, of free will, yep. allowing people to choose. And even free will is only truly free if you deliberate, then make the choice. Yes. If you don't deliberate, if you don't think it through and then make a choice, then we have to question whether that was free mm-hmm. or not, all right? So, so uh, Ephesians 1.11. In 2 Thessalonians, when we talk about, you know, we get a little deep here. Let's go to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Um, boy, this is a little long. We're going to take some time with it. We got some extra time today. So let's, let's, we, let's we go into the text. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Now, Paul is responding to um, letters and words, prophetic words, uh, and, and a certain spirit that was trying to say that the second coming of Jesus Christ took place already. Mm. All right. So he's now responding to that. So in verse one, he says, now, now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him that you be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter uh, as from us mm-hmm. as that day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first, which means the return of Christ has to be preceded by certain historical events, yes. right? Yes. So once those things happen, and sometimes we can't appreciate a prophecy, right, until something happens in history. Yep. And when mm-hmm. that thing happens in history, we say, wow, this is a fulfillment. Jesus had, oh, many, many references to historical events when he was here on this planet as, as, as represented in the Gospels. And he referred back to the days of Noah, yep. the days of Lot, mm-hmm. the character of society at that particular time. He talked about a murder, you know, uh, at the temple. He talked about David and the showbread. So he was constantly referring back to historical events and talking about which of those events were fulfilled in his presence. Mm-hmm. When he stood in the temple in Luke chapter 4 and announced his ministry, he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach the gospel yes. to the poor, yep. set at liberty those that are bound, open the prison mm-hmm. doors. You know, um, And he said, he closed the book because he was reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. He closed the book in, in the temple and he says, this day, this scripture is fulfilled in your ears. Mm-hmm. So he was always pointing to historical events, pointing to scripture, and at times that he was the fulfillment of things that were said in the past. So there's going to be a falling away first, and that man of sin, the Antichrist, be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worship, so that he is he as God sits in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. All right, that's a lust for power, mm-hmm. right? Remember you not that when I was w- yet with you, I told you these things. So Paul is reminding them, look, we talked about this stuff yeah. before. Don't let all this new information that's coming at you trouble you, yes. you know, un- 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 unravel you. And now you know what withholds that he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity, and I love that text in verse 6 because it talks about the restraint of evil. Mm-hmm. And that's another conversation because yes. that's how God controls what happens in human history, by restraining, by putting boundaries on evil. Because if he didn't do that, we would, like the antediluvian world, 
during the flood, you know, yes. that, that period with Noah, we would self-destruct. And you'd have to bring that kind of judgment. It gets bad when you've got to kill everybody and save one family. <laughs> all right, things have gotten real bad. He's not going to let it get that bad. All right. For the mystery of iniquity does already uh, work. Only he who now lets will let until he's taken out of the way. So there's a restraining force or restraining person. That's not what we're talking about today. And then shall that wicked be revealed, the wicked one, the Antichrist, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. I know I'm reading fast. Listen fast. <laughs> Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this cause, listen to this. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. Wow. He is going to influence, all right, what people trust in mm -hmm. as a result of their failure to embrace what he's presented to them as a way out, mm. as an alternative to the direction that human society is going in. So then he says, okay, you want to believe that? I'm going to no longer restrain that. Mm -hmm. I'm going to let you fall under that deception and then make decisions and choices based upon that deception. He's going to use circumstances, situations. Revelation 17, 17, <laughs> real quick. I know you're looking like, okay, I got some questions here. Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Revelation 17, 17. Let's go there. All right. For and 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 this is this is the whole you know, emergence of the beast. And the word beast simply means a leader. Yes. All right. Don't think of this creature. It's a leader. Right. All right. For God hath put in their hearts to fulfill his will and to agree and give their kingdom unto the beast until the words of God shall be fulfilled. In other words, mm -hmm. here God is going to influence national leaders. All right. In positions of power and influence to surrender their hearts and minds to a, an emerging leader who is going to look to galvanize human society in rebellion, total rebellion against God. Mm. So again and again, we have got God using people, circumstances, situations. He uses people's negative attributes. Yes. Let's put those up. Uh, I think we've got, you know, I have my board. So yeah, yeah, I, I, think, board. I think we put that up there. He, he uses people's negative attributes like covetousness, mm -hmm. rivalry, Vanity, Vanity and lust for power. And I got to break those down, not today, but these are the core impulses that drive human desires and human choices. And this is these four right here. This you see it sometimes creeping into the church. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Wherever you have humans. Yes. Just because you're a Christian mm -hmm. doesn't mean that you're exempt from these things. You have to reorient. Wait, that's a powerful statement. <laughs> Just because you're a Christian, you're not exempt from these things. You can be influenced by covetousness. Yes. You can be influenced by rivalry, wanting to one-up on yes. everybody, <laughs> right? You can be influenced by vanity, needing mm -hmm. the glory, the attention. You can be influenced by lust for power. And these are the result of fallen human nature. And we never get rid of these things. We either reorient our lives, mm -hmm. To, uh, to redirect the energies that would go negative into yes. a positive direction, yep. or we constrain and, 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 and retain boundaries that protects us from these realities, these inordinate impulses, mm -hmm. yep. all right? And, and that's where I think the sermon comes in, because even looking at, like, rivalry, you know, you want to one-up. 
but where's the borderline? Because some of us are very competitive. I'm, I'm just competitive by nature. Mm-hmm. And where does that tension lie? And where do I see when it turns into rivalry and no longer just being competitive? Yeah, and that's a discerning heart. Yes. And several weeks ago, we talked about the process. So if I see something you have, mm-hmm. first I admire it. Yep. All right? Mm-hmm. And once I admire it, I want to mimic it. Mm-hmm. Once I mimic it, now maybe I want to do better than you. Now we've got one up. Yep. All right? Now I may be envious if you come back and compete with me. It goes and it escalates into aggression Mm -hmm. and ultimately into violence. That's the reality. And on the positive side, we have generosity, cooperation, humility, uh, humility, love, uh, which if you notice, these are opposites. Now, Mm -hmm. he influences people through natural reasoning, Mm -hmm. all right, to come to certain conclusions that accomplish his will but he also influences people supernaturally. Yes. The activity of the Holy Spirit. Mm. I've had that happen. And as a Christian believer, you've got the Spirit of God living inside of you. Guess what? The activity of the Holy Spirit is to stir you, all right, to bring certain things to mind, to activate you into the will of God. It is God who is at work within us, both to will, the desire, provide the desire, and to do, create the activity of his good pleasure. So God influences by situations, circumstances, people's negative and positive attributes. God influences through natural reasoning. Mm-hmm. People go through a process and come to a conclusion. God can influence that conclusion. And listen, this is not witchcraft. God influences without violating free will. Yes. So whatever influence he exercises, all is driven, guided by his love and his justice. Yes always guided by his love and his justice, not selfishness. When we want to influence people, it can be selfish. Yep. We, don't, we don't have the big picture. We don't think through what that means, but God does have that. All right, so he controls. Now, here's what it is also, how he controls um, human history and world events. He controls the speed of human development by controlling information. Wow. He controls the speed of human development by by controlling controlling information. information. Look, God God could have told Moses about quantum quantum theory. (laughs) He could have told him that, right? Yes. He could have talked to him about the theory Mm. of relativity. Yes. He could have discussed all of that, right? But that's, what was Moses going to do with that? (laughs) What was Israel going to do with that? You know, too often we say, well, you know, God could have told him that, but Jesus said at one time to his disciples, he said, I have many things to say to you, but you can't bear them now. So God deals with us based upon our capacity, Mm -hmm. based upon the progression of things in which he's moving society in a particular direction. He controls the growth. Because think, information has caused exponential growth in in the world, globally, in economics, in education, in technology, all of that. It has been information the more we know. And when you look back at certain discoveries, like the discovery of penicillin, it was by accident. Yes. <laughs> Rubber. <laughs> Rubber was by accident, by accident as well. Yes. By accident. And, when, and that's suspect to me. How did that act? Who set that accident up? Yes. Right? God is in control. So God controls the speed of human development by controlling information. Deuteronomy 29, 29 says, the, the secret things belong to God, and the things which are revealed belong to us. Mm-hmm. So there are secret things. Yes. Right? There's yep. information that is withheld, right, mm-hmm. from the earth realm and released when God 
finds fit, that it moves his, his, his agenda. And there are things that are revealed that we know. And, 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 and the thing about it is, sit from the fall with Adam and Eve, right? Because remember, it was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Let's put aside good and evil. It was knowledge. Yes. It was knowledge. Yep. It was knowledge. They wanted to access knowledge. Yes. They had a need to know. Yes. <laughs> and the need to know has plagued us ever since the garden. Yep. It gets us in trouble. Mm -hmm. We need to know. And not just know it because God already told them what would happen and it was off limits. We want to know it on a personal level. Yes. So you can tell me it's bad. Don't mm -hmm. do that. It's wrong. But it's like, I need to know. From little children, tell them the stove is hot. Don't touch. Hot. And they look at you, hot, hot. But what do they do? Touch it. And then say, hot, hot. Like, yeah, I'm confirming. But why do we have to do that? Yep. Because there is since Eve, this and Adam, mm -hmm. all right? Don't put it all on the women. Sorry about that. All right? But there is this need to know. Yes. And, and, and that's the curiosity that drives us into making bad choices, bad decisions. Someone tells you this is not good. All right. Why can't we embrace that? Why can't we accept that and use that wisdom? No, it's like we got to try it ourselves. We got to test it ourselves. And we are, we are plagued by this need to know. Yeah, it, 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 it does. It hurts because I'm, I'm one of those individuals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see if your theory is correct. You know, so I remember I was always touching buttons. Yeah, yeah I, I know. <laughs> yeah, you push the button and then ask, what does yeah. it mean? What does that button mean? So God deals in progressive revelation of himself mm -hmm. and his plans and his purposes. Exodus chapter 6, he, he says to Moses, that, that I was known by one particular name to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but by my name, Jehovah, I was not known. Mm -hmm. So now by my name, I am that I am, yes. right? The all-sufficient existing yes. one. Self-existing. All right, self-existing yes. one. All right, mm -hmm. so he progressively revealed himself. And the epitome of his self-revelation and self-disclosure was in Jesus. Yes. When he incarnated himself, put himself in human form, and said, this is the express image. Yeah, and that's why God. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've, you've seen, seen the, the Father. Father. Mm -hmm. You've seen the Father. Yep. I, I'm, I'm, I know I'm on the express train right here. All right? Now, here's the thing. Our primary responsibility is to discern God's activities in the present not the future. Mm. I'm going to say it again. Please write that down, James, or whoever's doing the chat, please get this in the chat. We all get up on the, get the prophetic. I yes. want to know the future. We, we, we emphasize the predictive. Mm -hmm. We want to know unrevealed knowledge. We, we want access to that. And we're not using the knowledge we've got. Nope. So <laughs> some people are unraveling in the present and they want to try to jump into the future. I, and you uh, think that's going to be better. Our primary responsibility is to discern God's activities yes. in the present. The sons of Issachar, 1 Chronicles 12, mm -hmm. 32. 1 Chronicles 12, 32. Yep. What did that say? The sons of Issachar were those who understood, understood the, the times time. so that Israel would know what to do. To do. Yes. So it's when you discern the times mm -hmm. that you know what to do. And that's one of the voices of the church. The four voices, one of the four voices of the church, the prophetic voice. Yep. The ability to observe trends and patterns and movements mm -hmm. within the society, within the culture, and understand the direction that it can ultimately take. Yes. See, that's very, very important. So you, you take when Jesus said, uh, let, let's go to it in Luke, Luke 16. Luke 16, 1. 
Hope you all are keeping up this morning. Luke 16, 1. And he said also unto his disciples, uh, no, is that the one I want? I don't think that's the one I want. Oh, man. Oh, I'm sorry, Matthew, Matthew 16, 1. My bad. Matthew 16, 1. Matthew chapter 16, verse 1. Ah, so look at who he's talking to. The Pharisees also with the Sadducees came. Who are they? They were the religious leaders. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they had doctrinal differences. The Pharisees believed in the resurrection. The Sadducees did not believe in the resurrection. Pharisees believed in the supernatural miracle. The Pharisees didn't believe. Mm -hmm. The Sadducees didn't believe in that. So So these are the religious leaders that he's talking to, right? Those who've been entrusted with the word of God, responsible for teaching the people and responsible for discerning the activities of God in Jewish society. The Pharisees also with the Sadducees came and tempting him, testing him, desired him that he would show them a sign from heaven. They want a sign, right? He's already <laughs> opened blind eyes, you know, healed the sick. He's done all this stuff, right? Fed, fed the multitude. He answered and said to them, when it is evening, you say it will be fair weather for the sky is red. And in the morning, it will be foul weather today for the sky is red and lowering. Oh, you hypocrites, you can discern the face of the sky, but you cannot discern the signs of the time. A wicked and adulterous generation seeks after a sign. Why does he call them adulterous? Because they're looking for something other Mm -hmm. than God. They're looking for something other than discerning the activities of God. So they're worshiping other things. What did he rebuke them for? Not for their inability to discern the future, their inability to discern the present. Yes. That's the problem. Christians want to be all over the place and talk about, well, you, six months from now, the Lord showed me you're going to meet your husband. Yeah. You know, it makes them look <laughs> spiritual, fantastic, mm-hmm. you know, and if that's what you're doing it for, that's vanity, it's wrong. It's absolutely wrong. Discern where you are. Where am I? What is God doing right now? How do I relate to what God is doing right now? This is very important, especially since things are speeding up. I talked about the linear growth versus exponential growth uh, last week when you weren't here. And I gave an X and Y access to show them that linear growth is constant growth at the same rate. Linear uh, exponential growth is when it begins to multiply. So you think about exponents, Mm -hmm. you know, it begins to square and cube, et cetera. And it's a much rapid pace of growth. And when things start growing that fast, all right, if you don't keep up with it, then it's going to collapse. Talked about the Industrial Revolution. Boy, we got extra time we can talk. It's good. (laughs) And I'm talking fast here. (laughs) You're doing good. You're doing good. All right. So, so... So here's the thing. We, we've, had, we've had four um, industrial revolutions, mm-hmm. right? Uh, in, in Britain in, 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 in 1760 to 1840, and we moved from farming and handicraft to uh, agriculture, actually, mm-hmm. f- from farming, agriculture, and handicraft to industry, machine, manufacturing. And we were using water and steam. Remember the creation of the steam steam engine, engine. steam power. And we were mechanizing production. Mm -hmm. We were using machines to produce. So that was the first revolution, Mm -hmm. right? Second industrial revolution, 1800s, the mid 1900s. All right. That was using, we discovered electric power. 
So we move from mechanizing, using machines to produce, to using electric power. Now we can mass produce, mm -hmm. not just produce, but mass produce because we've got the power. Third industrial revolution, use electronics and information technology to now automate. So we move from mechanizing production to creating mass production mm -hmm. to now automating production, mm -hmm. changing the job market, all of that. Now we're in the fourth industrial revolution, which is the digital revolution. That's having a greater impact because we are moving so fast, not just the world around you, but in your personal life. Yep. You feel like the day goes by a lot faster now. So how does that affect us? Think about this. You know, I talked about last week how the population was uh, 670 million. I said 680, it's actually 670 million in 1700. By 2011, the world's population was 6.7 billion people. That's a tenfold increase in just 300 years. We have never had that kind of population growth in human history, never. You know, in the 20th century alone, the 1900s, the world's economy grew 14-fold. The per capita income grew fourfold. So people had higher incomes, which meant they had greater economic power. Right, uh, the use of energy expanded thirteen fold in that period of time. You keep saying fold. Yeah, times, yes. hundred times, the, thirteen the, the times. The generation is watching. Okay, is okay, like a okay. Fold. <laughs> Fourteen times. Yes. Four times as much, like a hundred fold, a hundred times. Right. The generation don't use fold. Like, like imagine uh, Liam at eight years old. Yeah, yeah, that that, that uh, was eightfold right there. <laughs> right. Okay. All right. You got me. You got me. <laughs> All right, so the use of energy expanded 13 times as much. Mm -hmm. uh, and this kind of growth, again, has never, never occurred before in human history. So the rate of change is accelerated, all right, so rapidly that it's creating pressure on our social systems and structures. They can't keep up with it. This is reality, you know? So that's the principle of acceleration. Uh, as things grow and develop, it can outpace yes. the mental, motivational, emotional, and moral capacity mm -hmm. needed to sustain it. I'm going to say it again. As things grow and develop, it can outpace the mental, motivational, the will, mm -hmm. right? Emotional and moral capacity needed to sustain it. And with digital growth and this revolution that we're in, Things are moving so fast. So when we think about 3 John, mm -hmm. you know, beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health, even as, in other words, at the same pace as the prosperity or development of your soul. Your soul is your mind, your will, your emotions, these very things, these very capacities that we're talking about. Your success, and, and look, it's not just true globally and all, all humanity, but in your personal life. Your success can yes. outpace your capacity if you don't keep expanding that capacity. And, and we would call it in corporate America or you know, um, certain arenas, your infrastructure. Yep. Yeah. Right? You your don't have it to support. Yes. Look. The infrastructure is not there to support the growth. And, and you can't overlook all the aspects of your infrastructure. So, for example, you look at uh, uh, Orlando, They're, just their roadways cannot support the massive increase in growth, exponential growth of 
people moving down there. So they had to start widening the highways mm. and creating different technologies that help them manage that amount of people. So when you look at the infrastructure, that's what you're, you're, you're talking about. And think about circumstances and the situation adding to that growth. Mm -hmm. Because remember, with the hurricane in Puerto Rico, yeah. 250,000 yes. Puerto Ricans, yeah. all right, ended up in central Florida, in the Orlando area. Yep. They actually had to set up a hangar in the airport <laughs> in order to process them into uh, the country yep. because, you know, of the hurricane. Yes. So things happen and God mm -hmm. uses them. And right, the growth changes yep. and the capacity to, to, and that's why even, it's, it's true in ministry. Mm -hmm. We would grow at a certain pace as I look back at the 42 years of ministry would grow. Then we would, like every 10 years or so, we'd hit this exponential curve of growth. All of a sudden, we start growing so fast. That's why you hear at CCC, change, change is the, the only, only constant in life, life. Yes. right? Why? Because that's been our reality. So just when we thought we had the infrastructure in place, yep. we'd outgrow it. Yep. So we had to start thinking further ahead than we were normally thinking. So you have to increase your capacity. This is yes. a message that I taught years ago, mm -hmm. increase your capacity. Yep. All right. So again, your success can outpace your capacity if you don't keep expanding that capacity. Mm -hmm. The increased complexity yep. of, 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 of the rapidly changing uh, systems uh, can result in, I made a list, our systems and structures become more fragile. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, uh, and, and severely de increases dependency on resources. Mm -hmm. Right. In this case, natural resources. <laughs> Yep. Over time, these resources that we depend on become compromised because yep. of high demand, like fossil fuel, right? Mass production also tends to depersonalization, which means we become stripped of our human characteristics and individuality that distinguishes us from one another and from inanimate and animate objects, right? We become like commodities. Mm -hmm. We become consumers. We become commodities. Yep. This is it. in the sports industry. You know, free agency becomes a commodity. Yes. Now I can I can offer you yep. buy and sell players mm -hmm. and all that kind. How is that affecting what's happening in society? And you say, well, you're talking about society, Pastor. You're not talking about me. I am talking about you, <laughs> because get this. Think about this. Jesus said, and so so beautifully uh, expressed in the New Living Translation, he said, whoever uses well what he has shall be given more. Mm -hmm. Yep. Did you hear that? Whoever uses well what he has shall be given more. Think about it. When you're good at what you do, all right, and you build a reputation, the demand for what you yes. do becomes greater, yep. right? And the growth of the success accelerates. Yes. And it becomes faster and faster. You've got to increase your capacity to keep up with the demand. Yep. Now, if you don't change the infrastructure, yep. the internal you. Yes. Yep. That's good stuff. I like Thank that. You. you got that. You got to <laughs> boom on, boom on. You got to <laughs> boom on that one. If you don't, if you don't shore up the infrastructure, you mm -hmm. won't be able to sustain it. Yep. I've said it for years, and Dr. Cole is the one that taught me this principle. All right. Your skill, talents, and abilities can take you to heights that only your character can sustain. Yep. It's all about sustainability. Yes. When we talk about ministry, we've got a lot of people who blow up real fast yep. on social media and they're, they're great and they got a million followers, but where are they in 10 years? Yes. Mm -hmm. All right, we're about sustainability, longevity. Mm -hmm. That's the key to success, greatness, managing continuity and change. So I have a chart. I want you to take a look at this chart. 
because it really graphic enough to help you understand that you have got to build your soul while you're building the rest of your life. Yes. All of the other elements of your life. God wants you to prosper. He wants you to be in health. Yes. He wants you to be successful in your endeavors. He wants you to take your gift, talents, and abilities and translate them into value in the yes. marketplace in some way. But you have a responsible life is live externally and, and internally. Internal. And mm -hmm. it's the internal you that sustains the external you. Oh, repeat that. Please. It's the internal yes. you that sustains the external you. And when your internal infrastructure, all right, is compromised, you can no longer sustain your external life. Yep. So here, you can see it up on the screen, right? Your success takes you up, 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 right? And if your soul, your character, your, 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 your moral and ethical response and reactions to life and what it brings your way, if that's not moving at the same pace and instead going down or even standing still, guess what? Your success is going to outpace your capacity mm -hmm. to sustain it. Yes. And then you're going to have this gap. And all of a sudden you're going to reach this point where you can't sustain it. Boom. You collapse. And the collapse is big. You mm -hmm. read about people in the newspapers mm -hmm. who reach great heights with their talents and abilities. You know, we, gosh, we, we, we have a, uh, 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 celebrating the life of uh, DMX, of DMX the, mm -hmm. the, the, the rapper, right? And very gifted individual. And you, 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 when, you, when you look at his music and the words, and it, you could see he lives in a tension between good and evil, dark and light. You know, he, he, he struggled. You could see that he struggled on his journey, mm -hmm. you know, spiritual journey while identifying as a Christian. Yep. And yet, you know, the lifestyle was incongruent. You know, so you have these very talented people who have these wonderful gifts. They translate them successfully. But after a while, you know, it's undermined. We all have strengths and weaknesses and we have responsibility to develop our strength but manage our weaknesses carefully. And the, the larger the gap, the stronger, the greater the danger. That's right. right. And the greater the fall. Yep. So the larger the gap, the greater the danger, the greater the fall. That's it. That's it. That was good stuff, man. Yes, it was. Boom. Yes. <laughs> good to see you. <laughs> one of the things I resolved as a Christian is this one of the key elements that helped me resolve my journey with Christianity is to understand that it's not going to be easy but it is possible. So I wanna leave that with you today. It's not gonna be easy. This, this journey, any journey you take, especially if it's a life journey, it's not gonna be easy. But I know, and I can tell you this, beyond a reasonable doubt, that Jesus Christ is the truth, the way, and the life. The best answer for anything you will come into contact with that is opposite of what we believe as believers. So Amen. welcome to the body of believers. Welcome, welcome, welcome. There was a number on the bottom of the screen. I got to turn to my right to try to see it. I haven't memorized it yet, so, so forgive me. <laughs> but if you are, if you first time uh, joining the body of believers, or if you join back into the fold, we want you to text SAVED to 631-250-2688. Once again, it's SAVED at 631-250-2688, or you can call 718-306-1061. Once again, welcome to the body of believers. I'm so excited for you. Amen, amen. And listen, spirituality is a journey. 
It's a process over time. You that prayed, you experienced an event today, giving your life to Christ. But now the journey begins. That's a process. Yes. So, ah, change is not an event, it's a process. process. And I like what you said, faith thing, faith doesn't make things easy, yes. it makes things possible. Yes. Okay, I love that. Good Thank stuff, you. man. Thank you. Good stuff. <laughs> Well, um, we're going to close out here. Yeah, but next week we are live in person, right? Yes, next week we're in person. So if you haven't registered and you haven't set up your portal account, please uh, register for the Brooklyn campus. It is 8 and 11. Once again, for the Brooklyn campus, it is 8 and 11. For the Long Island campus, it is only 11 o'clock. As we start expanding, we might move to 8 and 11 as well. But uh, please set up your registration, set up your portal. And for the Orlando campus, we are still streaming live, but we're working on adding an in-person uh, uh, service as well. So keep us in prayer. Yeah, and for our online uh, congregation, we are still at our usual time, yes. 8, 1030 and 1, 1 p.m. And 6 o'clock. And then 6 p.m. Yeah, for our right. West Coast for so our again, family. 8, 1030, 1 p.m. and 6 p.m. online. We'll be there looking forward. And we're going to do communion. Yes, communion. So I have so, those of you online have your communion yes. elements. And if you don't have them, order them. You can order them. The Go to our store. website. Yes. All right. You can get them. Yeah. And we'll be having in person here yes. uh, at Brooklyn. And lastly, we have open enrollment for NSBT, our new school for biblical theology, which I love the fact because this, it, this is really on the ground understanding or not, because it's very rarely, you know, coming from seminary, am I able to take what I'm learning and start running with it. Yeah. And yeah. this new school yeah. of biblical theology really get, translates it into everyday living, yeah. but still gives you the theological framework and a place to land with that theology. So Beautifully I'm excited said. for that. Beautifully said. So if you are looking to uh, move on an education. Increase your knowledge. Increase your right, knowledge, right, yes, increase your uh, knowledge. Yeah, and it's pedestrian theology. It's where we live and walk. And by the way, we're adding a school of continuing education yes. with certification programs so that you can take courses that are not as rigorous as graduate level because the graduate level programs, in order for us to continue moving towards accreditation, all right, it has to be rigorous. We can't, you know, lower the bar. No, we can't. All right? So, but for those of you who are not ready for that level uh, of rigor, we're going to have the School of Continuing Education with some incredible courses there. Yeah. All right? I think this wraps it up. Yeah. So, Good. as we leave this place, but never, never God's, God's presence. presence. Jesus is Lord, period. We, we believe it, we proclaim it, and we're seeing it come to pass. pass. God bless and enjoy the rest of your week. Thanks for tuning in to the A.R. Bernard podcast. I hope you were enriched by the information and or the conversation. Make sure, subscribe by clicking the link in the bio to gain more information about me and the work that I'm doing. Again, thank you and God bless.